Welcome to episode eight of Live Empowered with me, your host, Dr. Lisa Summerhour. Today, my guest is also a dear friend, Kath Snore. Kath is a certified co-active coach, author, and keynote speaker who helps individuals identify and focus on their core values so they can align their lives accordingly. Kath gets personal as she talks about losing every family possession in one of Colorado's worst fires. Get a pen handy to take notes when she shares amazing tips on what you can do to be more prepared in case of a disaster. And she also talks about how much she's learned from her adult son, Jason, who was born with Down syndrome. Yet another conversation here on the podcast where empowered people empower people. Welcome to Live Empowered, everybody. Live Empowered, this is episode eight. I am your host, Dr. Lisa Summerhour, and I am, I'm always excited to be here, but this is like a, um, this is a deja vu for some of you, but this is our do-over. So I'm officially re-welcoming Kat Snore here, and I am committing to having no tech problems for the next 55 minutes or so. You're in with that one. But I do want to give you some background on, on Kat. Um, and I want to start off first by just telling you about this show. So we're going into two, Kath, you're celebrating two months with me. So thank you. I can't believe it's been, I can't believe I've, I've done eight episodes. You would think it had been a year, but it, I just, I'm excited because it feels like it took so long for me to get started and I'm loving doing this. So I brought uh, Live Empowered to this podcast um, station because I thought it was a really unique station. What Fireside is doing is unique. The fact that you get to be here with us live and see us on camera during a live podcast and actually interact as an audience is really unusual. But I wanted to create a space where people can share empowering information. So my background is 30 plus years, 35 years in corporate America. I've got a couple of degrees. I have a pretty eclectic lifestyle and a lot of interesting experiences. And I, I wanted to bring all those together to have fun and help people figure out what are some of the things that might interest them and excite them and get them to experiment with their lives so that they could find different paths to empowerment. Because I don't think it's one path for any one person. I think we find different ways at different times in our lives that just make us feel good about showing up as, as, as the people that we were designed to be, the people that we are. And so I'm bringing guests to you from all different parts of, of life, all different types of careers, all different experiences, because I want to share this diversity with people. And Kat Snore is a co-active coach. She's a transition coach. She's an author. She's a keynote speaker. She's a mom. She's a wife. Um, she was my coach when I went through my, my training program, when I did started doing my coaching, uh, that's actually how we met. Um, and she's got a really interesting background and has been doing some amazing things with people. And something came to me, Kath, just as you were trying to get on and I had to write it down and I, hopefully I'll remember to share it later when we start talking about transitioning, but I want to start off with you just sharing, um, how you got started in coaching. No, no question. Good question. So I'm getting so a feed. What do I, I need? What do I need? I don't know if you need to do anything. I think it might be my thing here. Let me, you know what? Watch okay. this. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna do a little switcheroo here and go to old Do were you getting can you hear me? Okay, Lisa, I can't see you or hear you. It shows that you're on mute. All right, one, one second, and I will be back on stage with you. Can you hear me now? I can, yes. All right, there we go. Oh, and the feedback. And I don't hear feedback. Yeah, well, I'm getting ready to do one more thing to help with that. And okay. maybe the iPad didn't want to cooperate, but hold on here. And now so we're back. How's that? Is that good? That's, that's great. Now I can hear you. Is yes. something going on with the iPad? I don't know. All right. We're back out of our technical issues. So yeah, I want you to talk about how you got into coaching. And then I want you to talk about what is a co-active coach? Okay. So my son, Jason, was born with Down syndrome. 
And I was in corporate America for over 22 years. And when he was born with Down syndrome, all my priorities and what was important to me changed. And before he was born, I was kind of losing my passion for what I was doing. I was a um, software engineer and program manager for um, Martin Marietta. And I was losing my passion. And then when he was born, my sister was doing co-active coaching. She was going through CTI training and we started talking. So I hired a coach to figure out what I wanted to do. Just like most moms, I had that internal conflict. When I was at work, I wanted to be home with my kids. When I was home with my kids, I wanted to be at work. And Jason needed a lot of therapy in the beginning. So I went through CTI coaching training and then I decided to leave my job or corporate America so I could be home with my kids. A co-active coach is basically, we believe that everyone is creative, resourceful, and whole. We don't have your answers. We have the questions and help you to, I, I call it about, I lead my clients back to themselves. Just how I had that internal conflict, it was nothing really external. I had to go within and really ask the hard question, which I think is, what do you want? Mm. It sounds like it's easy, but to really answer that question, what do you want? I think we all struggle with that. And we can keep asking that question, I think, over and over again, right? At different, at different points in our life. So talk about this transition from engineering to coaching, because that's almost like, <laughs> and I know you, so I, I know some of this, but just for people who are listening going, how did she switch her mind? What, what happened? But what, what was the alignment that you found and what was the, what were the things that you saw were different that you had to, that you may have had to struggle with? Cause I think there was some of both. There was some of both. A lot of it was quieting my mind. And the truth is what made me successful in corporate America was my intuition. I was a great manager. So I had great communication skills. So I was the person who could talk to upper management and then the engineers, you know, to identify what was needed and everything. When I left corporate, I realized coaching was new at the time. So even though I wouldn't say I was a coach when I was in corporate America, that's how I managed. I really wanted those who worked for me. I tried to identify what they were good at and try to provide those opportunities for them because that's when everybody blossoms is when you're doing what you love. What I had to do was really get out of my head and really start trusting my intuition. And having a child with special needs, you know, there's my, there's your plan and then there's God's plan. They're <laughs> surrendering and wanting to be in control. And I was a type A personality, thought I was in control. Um, my last job was for Y2K. So everything was what if, what if, what if, what if. And I came home and I drove my husband crazy. <laughs> So what if, it was what if Tim to death. Exactly. And I thought that if I worried or if I planned ahead, I would be ready or prepared. And what I have learned from raising Jason and then losing everything in a wildfire mm. is the most important thing is to be grounded and centered and present in the moment, because that's when I really know what needs to be done. It's not being in the past or in the future. Right. It's being here right now so I can address what's important. How did you get to that place? And, and specifically with Raising Jason. And I, I'm, it's so funny. I'm looking now and I'm almost waiting for him to come in because he did not come in during our regular call today. So I tell Jason he owes me a visit. Um, but with Raising Jason, and talk a little bit about Jason. Tell people how old he is and, and what he's been doing and, and that kind of thing. And then... I just want you to talk about how did you finally get to that point? What was that path like for you? So you asked me how I got there. I really got there kicking and screaming. You know, it wasn't easy. Um, I resisted a lot. He has taught, Jason is now 22 years old. He was born in 1999. 
So just that whole process, I was at work. I was supposed, he was supposed to be born in September and I was preparing for Y2K. He came five and a half weeks early, C-section. So then I had, I was at work, my water broke. The afternoon I was in the hospital delivering a child via C-section. So I had three days to be in a hospital and do nothing. It drove me crazy. But it taught me to express all my feelings and just take one thing a step at a time. So each emotion I had and everything led me to what was next and next. My mind was driving me crazy because I didn't know what it meant to raise a child with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. One night, Doug came to me and said, um, this child is a gift from God. How do we not know he's not everything that we wanted? And I love my husband. I was not there yet because I was still processing everything, but that helped me to like kind of snap me back into reality. Jason taught me acceptance, not only acceptance of him, but acceptance of myself. Mm. And I say he's been my biggest spiritual teacher. That was my next question. Like literally, I, I, I was like, I, what has Jason taught you? And, I, you know, it's interesting because we've had a lot of conversations and I think Jason is indirectly, he's been teaching us, teaching me too. And I was saying us because I was thinking of, of Dr. Gale because we, we just love watching him with you and we see the, the affection that he has and we, we wait for him to come in and get his hug and his kiss and tell us what's going on with him. And he's just always in the present moment. He's, he's exactly. always dealing with right now in the moment and he is 100% engaged and invested in what's happening right now. And his main priority is to have fun. Right, you know? <laughs> at all costs. At, yes, and when he, was, when he was little, you know, he, he has a great sense of humor. So when he was younger, if he had a new pair or a new teacher, he would see what he could get away with. So they would call me, you know, I would send in and say, he need, he knows all these sight words. And they say, no, he doesn't. And I'd say, is the para new, the paraprofessional, are they new? I said, yes. They would say yes. And I'd say, okay, he's pretending that he doesn't know to see what he can get away with. And they're like, he's not that smart. I said, oh, oh yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty smart. I think you told me one of his little tricks, I think he threw his laundry over the banister. One of <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So he called me from up above. He said, Mom, Merry Christmas. I have a present. And I said, What? And he throws his laundry over the side. Like, here, here you go. You know, he's got a he's got a wacky sense of humor and he's and he's usually pretty pretty jovial and laughing about something. Um, unless there's something that he wants you to get, and then he could get really targetedly serious. So I want to share when we're on our triad call, he will uh -huh. come in. So for an example, he will come in and he would, he watches TV, what he sees on TV, he takes a picture of it and then he brings it to me and says, I want this. So yes. for an example, watching Henry Danger and he had a, um, a red plaid, red and black plaid robe on. By the time we got off the call, Lisa had sent me the link on where to buy it. <laughs> The robe, and I think he had a pair of slippers once that he wanted. What were his slippers? Yeah, Zebras, I'm heavily not, invested. Not. I'm heavily <laughs> invested in his sleep and lounging wear, apparently. Um, but tell him that's all right. I I love having. I love playing that that responsibility, that having that role. What was the? What's what's something that you love about coaching? And you know what? I don't think I've ever asked you this question. What is something that you love about coaching? What I love about coaching, and I love coaching engineers because we think A plus B equals C, okay? And a client will come to me and they'll be complaining all about their external world, you know, the situation. This is going on, blah, blah, blah. And I keep asking a question to flip it. And what I mean by that is I don't care about the external. I want to know what's going on inside of you because of what's going on. And, you know, for a while, they will keep talking about the external and then finally they'll get it and they'll go within. 
and they think their whole world has like blown up. But I know I got them because I know that they're looking now in the correct direction and that now, even though they think their whole world has changed or their view of the world, I know now we, can, we are on the right path to start getting them to look within. So I have to share, I have to share a couple of things. First of all, um, the, some of the clients, some of the people that Kath has worked with just in the last couple of years, I, I, I have to come up with a nickname. They've left their jobs. They, they have, and people are going, oh, I don't know if I want to work with her. They've left their jobs because she helps people really look inside and figure out, you know, what are the things that are important to you? What do you value? And in the process of doing that, they have gotten enough confidence to make real serious life changes. So Kath, can you just share without giving, you know, away people's information, just what some of those experiences have been like, what some of your clients have gone off to as a result of what's been revealed through the coaching? Yes. So I just want to begin with. So the first thing I start with is your values, like what's important to you, like what you said, but it's not values. You don't get to select them from a list. You don't get to be in your head and say, oh, you know, family and all this stuff. I ask you a series of questions and through those questions, your values are exposed or, or seen. So I have had some people who a recent client was in corporate America and she left to be a teacher at Stanford. I've had others who, um, <laughs> I remember my very first client, she was a really good friend of mine in corporate America. Um, and because of what I did, she voluntarily took a layoff. And I was like, you're out of your mind. But she left and she left from being an engineer. And what she started to do was event planning. Mm -hmm. But then on the side, she worked with in funeral homes to help children process their grief. Wow. Wow. Where that came from, we did not see that. But it's by aligning with what's true for you, it's kind of it, you're guided, you're, you're kind of led down to the path that's right for you. And, and you know, I love hearing about being on a path because that's that you literally help people get on a path to empowerment because they give themselves permission to step into a, a different side of themselves that, that they wanted to do. And I think we're just afraid. I think a lot of people are just afraid of that. So one of your clients that I remember, um, I think she went to uh, Le Cordon Bleu. You had someone go off to cooking school. Oh, please tell yes. that story because that was a complete life change. <laughs> so again, uh, people who are usually technical, you know, in software development or in that area, they'll work with me because of my background. And within the first session, I, she was laid off. She was laid off and she was referred to me as her coach. And within the first session, when we started talking about what she loved, she loved cooking. And she, I mean, she, the pastries that she would make for her friends and everything. So by working with her over several months, she decided it was the right time to go to school to learn what she really wanted to do. Where did she go? I'll, I'll share another one. Where, I, where did she go to, to school? Court on yeah. And yeah. In, is it in France or is it in England? I, I thought she went to France, but I'm not sure. For some reason, I, I remembered her going to France, but I'm, I just know it was a long way from home and it was nothing that she had been doing career-wise here. So again, somebody that ends up with enough confidence to take that kind of leap of faith. And how is she doing now? She's doing great. It, you know, and is it confidence or is it finally really listening to what's on your heart? Because I think over the years, we all have little nudges, you know, we have inklings mm -hmm. and it's the ones that don't go away that keep coming up, you know, that we keep thinking about and we kind of try to shove it down. And then yeah. a couple of years go by and it comes it up again. Pops up again. E exactly. I had someone that used to call them promptings. Yes. He said, they're, he said they're promptings and we get them and sometimes we ignore them and they come back around. He said, but sometimes they don't come back around and we miss opportunities. 
So, yeah. And for me, I just believe that, you know, we're all unique. We all have something unique to offer to the world. And once we identify that, that's when the universe just comes in and support you and doors start opening up. And you don't even right. see it coming, but it's just like, that's when I call about alignment and synchronicity. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. when you're in the flow and it feels like it's effortless. I just, before we go on, I just want to take everybody's attention. So there's a little ticker tape running down at the bottom. If you want to connect with Kath, you can find her on Facebook at Living From Essence. Living From Essence on Facebook. And you can follow her there and, and keep track of her there. You had another client that you were going to share with us. Oh, yes. I had a client years ago who was a flight attendant for years. And she came to me because she was going to retire and she wanted to know, you know, what was next. And when we leave one job, we just expect to hit the ground running. So part of the process was like, how long do you need? Can we just like, you know, chill out a little bit? Do you have money for three months, six months, what it is? Because she was all in her head and trying to figure it out. Working with her during the process, her twin sister had a stroke. Hmm. She ended up getting into bio, bio feedback type okay. of stuff and started working with clients that way. So again, it was something that happened. She was supporting her sister, you know, so it's like it comes out of nowhere. But you just have to trust that because I believe once you start asking like what's next and you allow it to come through you, as opposed to thinking, oh, I know what it is. It's, you know, how I got into coaching from Jason, what I learned after everything from the wildfire. And that was where we were going next. She's reading my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want you. So as, as you're listening to her, like Kath is, she's one of those folks, when you have that voice of calm and reason, that's pretty much how she shows up. But I don't want you to think that that her life has just been like, oh, it's just so easy. She stays. She's got flowers just growing and the deer are walking. OK, the deer are actually walking around her house outside of windows. That's not a deer and butterfly. I'm not making that up. But she's you know, you tapped on or, or touched on a little bit the whole experience of, of I've had the story. I'm sorry of you sharing with me, finding out that Jason had Down syndrome. This message is brought to you by the Get Ready to Work Workbook, providing everything you need to know before your next interview, especially if your next interview is your first interview. The Get Ready to Work Workbook is for you if you need help preparing for job interviews. It's a book and a workbook in one that combines education and information gathering. You'll be more confident and have the tools to be more prepared for your next interview. The Get Ready to Work Workbook is available on Amazon.com. Get your copy today. Now, Back to today's show. Finding out that Jason had Down syndrome. And so, and you've shared, you know, just that roller coaster of going through that. That was one of those things in life that out of your control, how are we going to deal with this? The other one was losing everything in a fire. So will you go back and just tell that story of when that happened and what that experience was like? Because I know a lot of people are going to remember hearing about this in the news because it was a pretty major fire in Colorado. Um, but just share what that experience was like. So in 2013, it was at that time, the largest fire in Colorado. Um, within a couple of hours, over 500 homes were destroyed. Our house was the poster child. So it was on national and local news. My house came up in flames. Um, so I remember calling my dad to let him know before he saw the news that we lost everything. But the night after the fire, my father-in-law had passed away three months prior to the fire. And all I could think about was, Ed is gone, but all his stuff is here. The night after the fire, I thought about all my stuff is gone and I'm still here. Hmm. And in that moment, I knew what was important to me was my family. 
later on, you know, trying to replace the stuff or, you know, writing the inventory list, I had other things come up about all my belongings and everything. But in that moment, it was like really clear. I was really grateful that nobody got hurt in the fire. What were some of the hard days like? Hard days. Um, so the week, the next week, both Taylor and Jason were going to camp or something. Taylor had just graduated high school. So on my way out, I grabbed a, in the mudroom was a gift bag of all her checks and cards from graduating. I grabbed that and my laptop and Jason and I left. I was in Walmart a day or two after the fire and I had to get stuff for their camps. And I didn't have to just get the food. I had to buy lunch boxes, you know, everything. And I remember I had a whole cart filled and I burst into tears and I left that cart and went out into my car and just sobbed. It was like, I just reached my limit and I just, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And Doug was like, but you had everything. I said, I know, but I couldn't go through. <laughs> I couldn't go through the lane. He goes, what did you do? I, said, I walked out and that's not me. <laughs> but that day it was, and it felt so good to just leave it and like tell myself the truth. Right. Like I can't, I can't handle this. I cannot do this. And I left. Yeah, I, I love you said, just tell myself the truth, because sometimes we want to be we want to be something else or somebody else in that moment other than that thing that we're not going to feel proud of. But that's where we are at the time. Right. Yes. And then having moments like that throughout the years after the fire, I realized like when you're tired, life really looks worse. So it was like, if I'm having a really bad day, it would be get a good night's sleep and wait 24 hours and then go back and see what happens. I also learned that like two hours were like my limit. So when we started to rebuild and start picking things out, my husband's in the industry. He builds hotels and office buildings. So when I had to make selections, I needed to get three bids of everything. And going like to a floor store, I knew that after two hours, I was done. I, I could not process anymore. And I remember the first time, I think I shared this story the last time. The first time I had to make a decision, um, Jason was learning how to cook and I had to buy oven mitts. And I went to Bed Bath & Beyond and I stood in front of the oven mitt aisle, 20 minutes to pick out what color do I want? Do I really need this? Is the new color going to go with the new house? And blah, 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 blah. I was all up here. And I called Doug and he says, who cares? It's oven mitts. If you don't like them, we'll buy them. They're like $20. <laughs> hey, you, hate, you hate that 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 grounding logic in those moments. You're like, why did I think of that 19 minutes ago? But I needed that because I was like spinning out. And I think with what I learned from raising Jason up until that moment. And then, then I remember really picking out furniture. The woman never asked me, do you like this or what do you want? She would sit me in everything and say, how does it feel? Mm, and that's, okay, that's how I selected my so furniture. Yeah. I remember coming I guess shortly after you got in there and you were just starting, you, you know, the sofa, the rugs, you were starting to get some accessories in the living room and you were saying, you know, you were picking stuff that made you feel good. So, but this is how you, this is also how you coach. So, you know, one of your questions is something that my mom used to say all the time, check your gut, you know, trust your mm -hmm. gut and check your gut and trust your gut. And you hear it and, and, and you don't pay attention to it all the time because, like you said, we get stuck in our heads. And sometimes you just have to ask yourself, how does this feel? And you're, you're, that's a constant question that, that you're always putting out there. Um, when, when you're talking about losing everything, I, I really want people to understand when she says everything, 
I mean, everything like house to the ground. There were two things that I remember still surviving. One was your mailbox because it was away from the house. And the other was the piece of metal that was the bumper of the car that your dad had left for your daughter. That, yeah, that Doug's dad. Yes. So there was, um, when we came out to the property, everything was gone, but Taylor's car was burnt. And there was this silver thing on the floor, on the ground. And it's like, Doug, what's that? It was her bumper that had melted. And that was the one thing I picked up because it looks like a piece of art. It looks like a cactus. I, yes, I am waiting for you to hang that somewhere, actually. Yeah, it's it's in the garage. We uh, Yeah. But yeah. that's how hot the fire got. It, mm -hmm. it was over 2,000 2, degrees and things just melted. And we lost over 400 trees we had to cut down. Mm-hmm. So we lived on this property for 20 years and we did not have a view of Pikes Peak because of all the trees. Cutting down all the trees, we now have an incredible view of Pikes Peak. Yeah. If you could turn that camera around and show out the when she says it's a view of Pikes Peak, when she sends pictures, I've been there and seen it. And when she sends pictures, it still doesn't look real to me. Like it's <laughs> her whole living room wall is glass and it's facing Pikes Peak. Her bedroom window faces Pikes Peak. Your office window, right? Faces yeah. Pikes Peak. So yeah. it's sort of one of those things that you just have to identify as a blessing after having all that happen. I want to I want to talk about how you're helping other people go through devastations like fires and how you're helping them be more prepared or as prepared as they can be. Would you share what you're teaching? Um, in workshops and, and, and sessions with folks now and how that's coming up, coming about. So I used to think that I used to want life to go smoothly, you know, like everything is hunky dory and stuff. And what I realize is through adversity, it's when we really find out who we are, mm. it's how we show yeah. up. Um, I was in the post office gathering mail after the fire and standing in line, those who complained the most all had a home to go back to. So they were standing in line complaining about, well, when are we going to get back and blah, 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 blah. And I just was like, in that moment, I realized that's not how I'm going to do my life anymore. I want to show up loving and caring and being aware of other people's feelings, not to make them wrong, but they were so caught up in the negative, I wanted to start looking for the positive. Mm -hmm. I used to talk a lot about my life, what wasn't working, mm. and it was a change in that moment to start talking about what is working in my life. So I know, <sighs> There have been several fires here in Colorado since then. I have done presentations to help them to talk about insurance, the inventory list, all the stuff you have to do because you're in overwhelm. But what I'm most interested in, not just the doing to survive, but I want to help them through the transformational process. Because I know if, again, they're true to themselves and they really start trusting Yes, it sucks for a while what happened, but there's such an opportunity to grow into who you really are if you're looking at it, at it correctly that way. Yeah, I do. And do me a favor, though. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish that. No, go ahead. I think there's a, I don't a little bit of a delay. I, I do want you to share a little bit of what you helped them work through. You talked about the insurance and Talk about some of the things that you actually help people do physically so that they can kind of mentally prepare before a disaster happens. Because that's something anybody listening to this, if you're live here now or replay, take notes right now, because these are likely things you haven't thought of that are really, really important things to do. Well, one is synchronicity. And again, I'll give you an example. I was in Monument, Colorado. That's where we had a rental home. It's about 15 minutes north of um, Black Forest. 
and I was having a really bad day. <clears throat> I was in a hurry and I had to get gas. So I'm waiting in line and then I start to pull out and there's a tractor trailer right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, oh, whatever the words. And it was like, come on, I'm in a hurry. I want to go. But I couldn't go because there are tractor trailers right in front of me. And I look at the license plate and it says blessed. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I, I got the message, but I wasn't, I wasn't willing or open at the time to receive it. But during that time after the fire, I can tell you story after story after story of the support, the guidance, the synchronicity. Mm-hmm. And it's looking at that, you know, adversity brings out the best in others and the helpers. And it's looking for that and knowing that, and you've heard me say this, life is really happening for you. And it's easy to accept that when your life is going smoothly. It was hard for me to accept that when I felt the rug was pulled out Mm -hmm. from under me. By the fire, I had felt that way when Jason was born. So it kind of was like that turned out to be a wonderful addition to our family. So I I could trust Mm -hmm. a little bit. And then when the fire happened, even though, again, life sucked for a while, it was like, look at everything that's coming together. I mean, my family, you know, we were out here every weekend rebuilding the house. The time that we had together to support each other and work everything. Yeah, you had almost like a family work. I don't wish that on anybody. Yeah, you had almost a family work crew coming through there. And you've seen the house. Yeah. So I want to go back. I want you to give give people a couple of things that they could actually do now that you share with groups when you talk to them about being prepared for a potential hazard. Cause look, I'm in Southern California. So you got Colorado and California. Sometimes I think we're rivaling each other when these fires kick up. We also, you know, here get the, get the earthquakes and all the other fun stuff, but what are some of the things that you help people do? And, and, and Kath does a lot of this stuff um, just because she just wants to help people. Um, and she speaks at organiz- for organizations and women's groups. This is outside of her, her regular coaching practice. And there are things like the photographs. So talk a little bit about a couple of things that you have people do before anything ever happens. So if something happens, they're a little bit more prepared. So the first thing, especially with the housing market right now, is know the value that of your house is worth right now. And then make sure that your insurance covers it. Because, yes, insurance might be expensive, but I'll tell you, if you ever need it, you want to make sure that your house can be fully covered. You want to make sure, know what your policy covers. If you have an RV or extra cars on your house, on your property, are they covered? If you have outbuildings, are they covered? What about flood insurance? Because after a wildfire, if it rains, the ground is not going to soak things up. And if you're downhill, you want to make sure you have flood insurance. You want to take pictures of everything, every room, every cupboard, every closet, every drawer. Because if you have to create an inventory list of what you had, you want to be able to identify everything. The other thing is the numbers. What, if you lost everything, well, first of all, put your medical records, things that are important, you know, birth certificates, death certificates, marriage licenses, passports. I had to replace everything. But who are all the numbers? If you had to report things, who do you need to call? If you have elderly in your family or children with special needs, if they have medical supplies and if things get destroyed, what type of medical supplies, medications, things like that, that you need right away and overnight. The other thing is um, the first plaque that I bought after the fire. It says not to spoil the ending for you, 
but everything is going to be okay. And I put that in the bedroom and read that every morning and every night because I didn't know how it was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But that helped me to like get out of my head and the worry and just know taking this a step at a time and a step at a time that things will be okay. So I'm going to invite, if there's anyone here that has a question or comment, because that little bit of information you got right there, I had a friend of mine that used to say that right there was worth the price of admission. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. If you're getting value from what you're hearing today, if you've had moments where you thought I should write this down, or that is really interesting. I didn't know that then I want to invite you to stay connected to me. You can do it by going to my website and my website is liveempoweredinstitute.com. That's liveempoweredinstitute.com. And when you get there, hit the subscribe button so that you'll have access to any events, courses, articles, or promotions that might be going on. You can also get my other social media outlet links there. That's for Facebook where I'm at Live Empowered Institute or my Instagram where I'm at Dr. Lisa Summer Hour and my YouTube channel. But if you missed all of that, just go to the website, Live Empowered Institute, www.liveempoweredinstitute.com and you'll be able to stay connected with me there. Thanks. I had a friend of mine that used to say that right there was worth the price of admission. If, if that's all, if I did, if she just did those couple of minutes and we were off of here, I would feel like you got a, you got a boatload of help right there because how many people on this call, tell me if there's anybody on this call that one, you absolutely know that your insurance would cover the loss of everything on your property. You've gone around and taken pictures of your rooms and, and Kath, it's so much more than the rooms. Cause you've, you've shared, um, it's not just, um, it's not just your clothes. But if you have, you know, high end shoes, it's what kind of shoes were they? You, you don't want to tell the insurance company you had 15 pairs of shoes if they were $1,500 a pair of shoes. They need to know what kind of shoes, even some people with sneakers that are several hundred. So it's the details like that, that you can have an itemized list for your insurance company. So I want to know, has anybody done that already? Um, what was one of your other ones? I, yeah, your last one is, is it, everything is going to be all right. And, and I think that's the hardest message for people sometimes to, to absorb and to believe because in the midst of it, nothing seems right. So let me see, does anyone have any questions or comments? Somebody want to ask Kath a question? I see, hold on here. All right, I have Jacqueline, are you there? Hello, hello, hello. There you go. We hear you. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking of uh, taking all these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you say about getting in your head and being overwhelmed? I think I need a nap before <laughs> before I start. <laughs> but the one thing I am going to do um, in the next day or two is check with our insurance company to uh, see if we have a replacement value on our insurance policy. I'm pretty sure we do, but I want to see what that number is. Yeah. And two other areas. I mean, if you have beautiful landscaping, which I know you do, does your insurance replace landscaping if things got burned? The other thing is most insurance, if you lose your house and you have to be rent another place, how long do they cover it for? Is it just a year or is it two years? Yeah. Okay. Things like that you want to know because that helps with the rebuilding process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's so, yeah. the top of the priority, priority list this week. Um, Good. And the one or two years, that one year sounds like a really long time. But, Kath, I remember you saying because there were so many homes burned down that trying to find builders and contractors and everything was almost impossible. So it was really dragging the process out. So that was something else to think about. Well, I know our nurse here that I worked with when we had the last big fire, it was a little over two years uh, before mm. they were able to move into their home. Wow. So, uh, yeah. yeah and I don't, I don't think anybody thinks that it would take that long, you know, 
that if you had a, if you had rental coverage for a year that you would be good. But, and then if you don't, now you got a whole year where you're paying for construction and you got to pay for a rental place. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we we're putting that on our list. My mom's going to, you were just talking about homeowners insurance last the earlier this week. Yeah. 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 I sure was. I was going to call, I was calling to just check rates, you know, compare rates and, and that kind of thing. But um, nope, that's, that's my chore this week. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. So, so at least, at least I know our house is, is uh, we're going to be one of those people looking to make sure that our, our numbers are going to add up. Should anything ever happen here? Um, I want to go back to, to the coaching and just talk to me about some of the things that your clients have said after working with you. Like, what are you seeing now? Because you've got some folks that you've been working with for a year or two. So Share with people what, why that would be a thing. Like, why would you have a coach that you would work with for one year or two years or an extended period of time? Because I, I don't know if a lot of people understand what a coach actually does. So people will come to coach usually for a specific problem that's in their life right now. But whatever their pain point is, that would be the reason why they want to come. But once you start working on one area of your life, let's say you don't like your job or let's say you're getting divorced or whatever it is. Once you start working in one area of your life, it's going to impact all the other areas of your life. Working with a coach can also help you to start trusting yourself. So I have a three step process. The first is tell yourself the truth. And what I mean by that, it's. You don't have to share what's going on with anybody else, but you need to tell yourself what's really true for you. What's working? What's not? What do you really want? Because once you start getting real with yourself, then you can start being real with others. Everything begins with you. The second step is to trust. It's trusting yourself, trusting the divine or a higher power, trusting your intuition, knowing that this or something better is on its way, that life is working for you, even though a lot of times it doesn't feel that way, the more that you can really look at that, then you can start letting go for us control freaks who think that, you know, life can go the way we want it to go. (laughs) We can fix that. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one is thriving. So I help them identify their values, what's important to them, looking at your life experiences, you know, working with Jason, going through the fire. Those are unique Mm -hmm. things that I have learned. And now I can give that back. I just recently saw something that the last part of healing is learning how to use what you went through and share it with others. And I think if you'll, you know, the thing is like, what is your purpose? What is your vision? All that's look at your life. What is the blueprint there? What's being called for you to do? Part of the process with the fire is I held on a lot to what was. Uh, I needed to let go of what was so I could see what wanted to emerge and created now to really look ahead, not compare, you know, or this is the way it was, but you know, this is what we had. It's like, no, let's start new. Let's start with a clean slate and see what really wants to come through now. So working with a coach, it's a transition. It takes time. You'll be, there'll be during the sessions, you'll have insights, but it's really when you go out and live your life, where you start learning and implementing and integrating everything that you're learning. It's the small changes that add up to big differences in your life. Well, I can still remember, I can still remember a key point for me. And I went through a coach program. Kath was our, our coach and it was group coaching and it was telephone. We learned how to do group coaching via telephone. It was before everybody was zooming all over the place. That wasn't even a thing. And so I don't know, what it, were there like 20 of us in that class, in that program? Because I remember we paired up pretty good. I think there were 20 people. So 
we would have uh, individual time, but we would have, uh, we would pair up for, for practicing things. But we had a lot of our stuff. We, we were vulnerable in front of a group of 20 people that up until then we probably didn't know. And so it was, it was interesting, the things that came out. And I remember one of the exercises was prioritizing ourselves. And we had to examine what happens when we ran out of time? What did we sacrifice? And for a lot of us, it was our own time. Like we put ourselves behind everything else. So it's like, oh, well, I'm going to get this done so I won't make it to the gym or I'm not going to have my meditation time or I won't get to, my, to read a book. But my individual thing was, I remember sharing with you, oh, it, it's getting over these hurdles. You know, I, whenever I have to do something, I got to get over this hurdle. And I was telling you about, you know, when I was, when I was acting, I remember having to go out on stage and I had to get over this thing before. I, and, and you said just really simply, it was like Doug telling you, just pick out an oven mitt. You said, what if there was no hurdle? Nothing to overcome. Yeah. What if there was nothing to overcome? What would it be like if you just did whatever it was? And it was like somebody took off dark glasses or something. And I was like, yeah, what? So, so that's, it really is the skill of asking questions. And, and as a coach, it's interesting because Kath and I have conversations every week. We meet with another friend. We have our accountability group and we do these things with each other because it's one thing to tell, to be able to tell yourself the truth, but sometimes we don't ask ourselves the questions and having somebody else ask the question is what's missing. And I think that's another powerful thing that, that coaches do that you do as a coach. Um, wh what would you say when you, that first thing you talked about was telling yourself the truth. How often do you find that that's a really difficult thing for people? I think it's extremely difficult because first of all, a lot of us look external and we blame, we blame others. We blame circumstances. Mm -hmm. When I taught conflict resolution, as soon as somebody, instead of like blaming the other person about the conflict, as soon as someone said, I feel hurt or I was whatever the energy shifts and it's the same thing with coaching. You know, someone will be talking about something, telling me the story, and I'll say, like, how do you feel or what's the energy? And they can clearly identify, oh, it sucks, it's, it's whatever. And they know exactly what to do. But it's like they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. They don't want to seem mean. They don't want to do this, blah, 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 blah. It's the story. But when you stop and you look at the energy – and what's really going on and say, I'm, I want to speak up, but I don't know how to speak up or I was hurt or I was this. When you tell yourself the truth, it's, it's giving yourself back the power, permission, all of that. Yeah. I'm, it's, and, and I don't know, sometimes I think it's, it's age. Um, but I know my mother used to say, um, what is it? Growing old. Everybody grows old, but growing up is optional. And I think mm. some of that is maturity, but, I, but you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, and I think one of the powerful things about having somebody that's that, that coaches and having somebody who's coachable yeah. is you get to hear these questions and really internalize them. And you get to do it in a space that is supportive. I'm not going to use the word safe because it's not dangerous. It isn't the alternative, but it's a supportive environment. And I, I didn't even think about, you know, asking you that question. The fact that it's being able to tell yourself the truth when we're blaming other people, we're kind of, we're kind of missing the opportunity to ask ourselves that question that you started off with. How do you feel? Right. Right. Excuse me. My phone is ringing and I don't want it to come through to my cell phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. How, how do you feel? And, and how much of that do you think is connected to us just not really wanting to deal with feeling sometimes? Yeah. And a lot of it, when we focus on somebody else, you know, we, we want to be kind or we want to be liked or we want to be approved or whatever, you know, it's all things that are external to us. So once you realize that, you're safe, you're loved, and it's okay to speak your truth. 
you know, mm -hmm. that the people that you're around love you and they want the best for you, that it's okay to say, you know, one thing I teach in conflict resolution, it's like, start the conversation with, this is difficult for me, but we need to have a difficult conversation. You know, it's, we're not all experts, we're all learning. And just by sharing that, being vulnerable, when somebody is vulnerable and honest, that is so powerful. Okay, you, you, I, there's so many things going through my head right now. One, where's my mom? My mom, a few weeks ago, she said, "We, you need to do, you, we, because she's, she's like part of my show now. You need to do a show <laughs> on how to pick the right partner. And what mm -hmm. you just said in terms of being in a space with someone, any relationship, it could be romantic, but it could be family. But when you're in relationship with a person or a group where you feel that kind of acceptance and that ability to be vulnerable and to be honest, and you don't feel like you put the relationship at risk, right. that is, that's like, it's like, oh, this is what that could be like. But it, it requires being honest with yourself and then being with someone who can deal with that honesty yes. and understand that it's you being honest, not anything being directed at them. And so I'm going to have to ask my mom what she thinks about all that, because, yeah, she was talking about, yeah, you need to do a show on picking a good partner. I haven't asked her, like, what are the five things you want to tell people about picking a good partner? Because she was she was all in and ready for that one. But this this definitely speaks to any relationship. Another thing she used to tell us growing up is you teach people how to treat you. Yeah. And so if we're not honest with ourselves and we're presenting this other person, my niece Renee calls it your representative. She says, mm. I don't want to deal with your representative. I want you. And so when your representative is showing up and it's not really you, you're going to attract people that like your representative. And then when the real you starts showing up, they're like, well, who, where did you come from? So it's, it's like, I want that other person back. It's like, but that wasn't the real me. This is me. I'm not happy every day. Some days I'm disgruntled. Um, but, but it's, 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 I think there's a comfort in, there's a comfort for other people when you are comfortable in your own skin. And I mean, other than being just rude and evil and that kind of thing, but you don't have to have a good day every day. You can be disgruntled. You could be off your game. You could be not talkative or not in a great mood some days when you're being authentic and the person is able to see that you're okay being that way that for the, for that period of time, you're okay being vulnerable. You're okay being able to share. You're okay saying, yeah, I didn't really like that. And it's not like they don't need to be pissed off at you. Like, what do you mean you didn't like it? I, I think we uh, are attracted to people who are comfortable in their own skin. And we don't always give ourselves permission to be that. Yeah. Once you start tuning into like the energy, I mean, people that are calm, like the center of the storm, you know, there's a calmness, there's an inner strength. That's what I found within me. Like after those two experiences, the, the adversity. And when you're around other people that are like, you know, they're scattered in their energy and stuff where they're sucking the energy out of you. It's like, you just leave and it's like, ugh, right. you know, <laughs> like, right. She said, I yeah. need an energy. I need an energy shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited right now. And I want to say hi, who I have here, Math, uh, Matthew and Nadine, Sonia, Angel, Danielle, Scott, Woody, oh, Woody. I'm not speaking to Woody. Woody's a bot. Um, my <laughs> mom is here. Yeah. Woody and, and weight botter bots. Um, I want to thank you. And if anyone does have any questions, we still have a few minutes left, but I'm going to, I'm going to get to some of my, my closing questions here. I, I want to ask you, because this is live empowered. And I want to ask you, when you think of the word empowered, what does that mean to you? Getting out of my own way and doing what my soul came here to do. Mm. Oh Shiny. God, that's a whole that's yeah. a whole nother show. Like, how do you find that? Wait. <laughs> it's like doing what my soul came here to do. Dang. Okay, that's I have a I have a friend. Uh actually you met you met him today, and he has a saying that his soul is at peace. And I just Ooh. think that's like one of the most beautiful. 
I, I ha- there's like imagery. There's something that happens in my head when I hear that to just be able to say my soul's at peace. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that there's a better feeling you could have. So now I've got my soul's at peace and doing what my soul came here to do. Cause it's just that it's living that purpose. Yeah. And that's what we, where we kind of started with. It's like my, you know, my thought, I know where I'm going, which, you know, I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and then there's thy will. And it's really opening up and used to be used as a vessel. And that's how I feel when I'm coaching. It's Mm. the client, it's me, and then the divine coming through me to help me support that client in the best that I'm allowed to get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. Love it. So, you know, I'm a what went well girl. So we got to do my what went wells. So I want to what went well for you today. And you already know the, the, the guidelines. It doesn't have to be a miracle, but it just might be something that went well for you today. Your question's about Jason, because as you know, lately he's had some OCD um, tendencies mm-hmm. and you, has, you asking me about Jason just helped me to realize how much I love him, how much he has taught me. And help me get out of my head of the way he should be and allowing that, you know, he's doing some OCD stuff for, for a reason. And like for me to solve the, the puzzle, not that it's wrong, but to understand like, what is this about? So thank you for that. Cause it's like, oh. now I'm seeing him again in a fresh light. Awesome. Get him some more fuzzy slippers. Okay, what went well? We're going to go back like a week to two weeks. What's gone well in the last week or two? Two of my clients, their testimonials. One has um, been promoted to a VP level. Another one told me that working with me was the best thing that she has ever done for her career. That is goosebump good. And, And folks, if you go to Facebook at living from essence, you can see, uh, you can actually see these testimonials, but you can also start picking up on some of the other things that Kath is doing. So my third, what went well, just look back over your life. Take a, take a nice deep breath and look back over your life. Cause we all have, you know, we all have those, those things that are uniquely ours that were not great or that we've categorized as not great. I had a friend say, we're the only ones that categorize things like that. But look back over your life and think about something that you look and go, this is going pretty damn well. This is a what went well forever. For me now, what's what's important and what matters to me is how I show up. And I'd like to show up calm and centered but even when I show up angry and off-centered, it's authentic. So that's the most important thing for me is just to be true to myself. And this is where I am today. And just not to worry. Oh, I like that. What went well about not worrying? Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, I love you to pieces. Ditto, my dear. <laughs> Every single day and, and extra on Thursdays because I know I'm going to talk to you. And uh, everyone, thank you for joining our our conversation today because you got to meet uh, somebody who's not just professionally somebody that I look up to, but she's a friend. And uh, we get to have really wonderful conversations. And I was happy to be able to invite you in to share this one with us. So Kath, love you to pieces. I hope Gail was able to listen in on this one. I know she'll, she'll touch base with us to let us know. Thanks to everybody who listened. Please share this. Um, and let your friends know they can catch this on a replay. And I will be back here next week. And next week, I'm going to be interviewing a woman named Robin Root, who is the writer, producer, and director of a documentary called 2020, The Year of the Nurse. 2020, The Year of the Nurse. And it's about uh, a documentary that she did during the pandemic that featured, (coughs) excuse me, medical professionals of color and what their experiences have been like. Um, going through this pandemic, working in hospitals and, and places like that. So I'm really excited about that co- uh, opportunity to, to introduce her to all of you and to get to learn a little bit more about her as well. 
So on that note, I will thank you again, Kath Schnorr. This is Coach Kath. You can catch her again on Facebook. And um, she'll be at, what is it, Living from Essence. Living from Essence. I always want to change that to something else. But I will see you on her site, Living from Essence, because I'm on there all the time anyway. So Nadine, Sonia, Angel, Jacqueline, Danielle, Matthew, everybody who joined me today, thank you so much. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Lisa, thank you so much. It was wonderful. Thank you for listening to Live Empowered. You can connect with me on Facebook at Dr. Lisa Summerhour Live Empowered Institute. If you enjoyed this episode, recommend Live Empowered with Dr. Lisa Summerhour or my series Divorce is Not a Destination to your friends and family. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access at firesidechat.com backslash Lisa Summerhour. That's L-I-S-A. S-U-M-M-E-R-O-U-R. Catch replays on Fireside and my YouTube channel, Live Empowered. Until next time, you live empowered and lead your best self forward. Live on Fireside.